0: Chapter eight of my novel, Good Enough. This chapter is called He Shimmering. The kids were posing with excitement when she picked them up from school. It was Friday after all, which meant no homework, and the sun was shining. Eva surprised them on the drive home when she announced that they would go to Sota Wildlife Park on Saturday after some lessons. Yay, they chorused. Can Mark come too? Luke asked about his best friend. Why not, Eva replied. As long as his mum and dad say it's okay. But maybe his mum or his dad would be corrected. They don't live together anymore either. Oh, they were momentarily quiet until Hannah piped up with, What about Susie? Of course, Susie can come too. Eva knew that it would be easier with the pals than without them anyway, so the more the merrier. Having their friends around would, would distract Luke and Hannah from their usual annoying squabbles over petty little things like where to sit in the Jeep, and how far to put down the window. Saturday afternoon saw them heading for the wildlife Park on Fulton Island, just outside the city. It was really laid out, with lots of different animals, but the new baby giraffes were definitely Hannah's favorite. Eva strolled as the children sped excitedly ahead from one enclosure to another. Most of the animals weren't enclosed at all, though, as it was more like a safari park than a zoo. There was so much freedom there. They spent a happy three hours exploring the park, stopping off at the cafe for some pizza and ice cream, and of course, a coffee for Eva. As they ate, three kangaroos casually popped past them and went down to the water's edge. The place was teeming with peacocks and all kinds of birds, and they wandered about the place, relaxed in their surroundings. The kids were exhausted after several attempts to outdo each other on climbing frames and monkey bars, and were ready for a quiet evening when they got home. They watched a silly game show together and shared some haagen chocolate ice cream straight out of the tub until it was great to clean. On Sunday, Eva took them to the leisure club for a swim and then to a hotel for a car lunch afterwards. The swim always meant they were hungry afterwards, and they all polished polished off their Sunday wimps. Eva gently told them, About how her business would mean that she would need to take some trips away in the summertime. Hannah was still excited about the prospect of owning a shop, but Luke was a bit more sedate and, with a long face, asked, What about us? Eva explained that their dad would look after them and that they would also have a holiday on their grandparents' farm, and that cheered him up. Hannah began babbling about her upcoming school tour, and Luke chimed in. To each one of them was talking over the other and not quite making sense. But Eva let them talk away, happy with the normality of it all. Monday started another week of school and lots of free time for Eva to work. She sat at her desk, a lot of the time writing lists and drinking way too much coffee. With all the benefits that her laptop gave her, deleting on a keyboard would never give the same satisfaction as crossing an item off by hand. By the time she stopped for lunch, she had several new lists. She had fitting out shop, buying trip to France, and buying trip to US. Her favorite list was called product range, wish list. And then there was the boring but necessary list called legal and business admin stuff, and finally courses. She would have to do yet another big grocery shop after picking the kids up from school. Her own lunch consisted of crust of, of toasted bread, with melted cheddar chopped red onion and black pepper while structurally tasty it was more or less the last of the food in the house as she was out of both tea bags and coffee she had washed it down with diluted orange cordial not the greatest combination in the world and she felt parched for a cup of tea time to stock up checking the cupboards she added butter and flour to her list of groceries she was in the mood for baking something with pastry This mood didn't often descend, maybe once every six months, but when it did, she thoroughly enjoyed it. There was nothing like the smell of home-baking wafting through the kitchen. Remembering some scented candles that she had seen in a magazine recently that were supposed to give off the aroma of home-baking, she wondered would she try and source some for her store. There were others that smelled like coffee and vanilla too. She added scented candles to her product wish list. A couple of hours later she was home again with the shopping put away she pulled out aprons for both herself and hannah to get messy with flour they made enough pastry for three quiches a dozen sausage rolls and two apple pies a quiche and apple pie were for their own tea and the sausage rolls were for lunches she would freeze the quiche and take the remaining quiche and apple pie down to her mother-in-law's on tuesday Eva had mastered pastry making by sticking to a foolproof, no nonsense recipe for short cost pastry. It dated back to an old secondary school cookery book for a home economics class. Eva liked to add leek to her quiche brain instead of onion. The next morning, after the school run, Eva set off to visit her mother in law, who lived about 15 miles outside the city. Armed with her apple pie and key, she felt apprehensive as she approached the door. Mary, however, was delighted to see her. She greeted her like a long-lost friend. Wiping away a tear, Mary brewed up a pot of tea and cut and bowl and a thick slice of apple pie. Eva, I'm thrilled that you came, she said. I was worried that you wouldn't want to see me anymore. Mary, of course I'll always want to see you, Eva replied. I don't want to cry, Eva. I don't want to upset you, but... Is there any hope for you and Alan? Eva shook her head slowly. I'm afraid not, Mary, she replied sadly with tears in her eyes. Our marriage is over, and he has finished it off completely by moving in with his girlfriend. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And I'm so cross with him. He tells me nothing, you know, and I'd be afraid he'd get odd if I asked too much. He brought the kids out for dinner the Sunday before last, and it was just so lovely to see them. I know. They told me all about it. They love visiting here. Actually, Mary, the main reason I'm here is to ask you for a big favour. I'm hoping to go over to Boston and stay with my friend Elaine in August. It'd be a bit of a business trip actually. I was wondering could you take the kids for a week or ten days? I'd be delighted to either delighted, she beamed anytime at all you know i love to see those kids and they love to see you hannah says her favorite chore is collecting the eggs on Grand's farm and wants to know why we can't have a hen shed a hen shed in the city mary chuckled i'm sure your neighbors would love you for the noise and the i'm sure they would eva there is something you said and i know i shouldn't cry but go ahead mary what is it well, it's just, are you sure that Alan has moved in with someone else? I just can't imagine it. Am I sure? Well, to be honest, I haven't asked, but I presume that's where he went when he moved out, as there were still tenants in the apartment back then. But he didn't, either. He didn't what? He didn't move in with someone else after he left home. No evil of he came here. He just turned up and said he couldn't talk about it, but it needed to stay for a while. Oh Eva was truly baffled. Yes. He stayed here for two weeks and then he moved into the apartment. He hasn't said anything about a girlfriend or anything else. Really? I just presume that, that was where he went. And are you sure there is a girlfriend? Of course there is. Sure, Daniel was the one told me. I see. I'm sorry for asking you that. I just don't want it to be true. I know. After finishing another cup of tea, it was time for Eva to leave, and Mary hugged to warmly before she left. Eva felt happier inside, knowing that there were no bad feelings between her and her mother-in-law. If anything, it was the opposite, and it was good to know that they would still stay close. Mary was always going to have a special place in Eva's heart. It was like the mother that she had never really known. Mary had helped them out so much in the first couple of months when Luke was a baby and again when Hannah arrived. She had come over and cooked their dinners and baked her renowned brown bread. She was like a mother to Eva, and it meant the world to her that they'd stay close. It would be through Eva's children rather than Mary's son now, but they would have that bond forever, no matter what happened between her and Alan. She could see how disappointed she was in Alan how desperate she was for them not to break up. It was a surprise, though, to learn that Adam hadn't been jacking up with the mistress, though. What was the story there, Eva wondered. Was she living with him now, she suspected? And if she was, where did she go when the kids were over for the weekend? Maybe they weren't living together at all. Not that that should make any difference, but it kind of did. Eva collected both Luke and Hannah from school and told them about her visit to Mary's. Hannah was particularly delighted to hear about staying on the farm last. Did Gran say I could help with the eggs and the baking, she queried. Of course she did, sweetheart. She loves to have me help out. The following weekend, the Saturday came out gloriously warm, and there was nothing for her but to have a barbecue. Eva had never done one on her own before, but she decided what the hell. It would just be a few friends, neighbors, and mostly kids who wouldn't care if all they got was pan-fried cocktail sausages. How hard would it be to light a few coals? Viv came over early and stayed with Hannah and Luke while Eva went shopping. She was a little nervous about it and overloaded her shopping trolley with twice as much as she actually needed. Just in case, just in case it would never do to run out. She had to push the trolley at an angle as the wheels were refusing to go in the right direction as she struggled to operate the car. Eva squashed the shopping bags into the boot and others onto the seats tried to secure the drinks on the floor of the front passenger seat with some rolls of kitchen paper to wedge it still. However, a bottle of wine still managed to roll around threateningly made it home intact. Viv helped her to bring everything in, and Hannah, overzealous in her unpacking, sent to go a tub of garlic-stuffed olives onto the floor. Oh, shit, said Hannah. Hannah, Eva said sternly, I've told you not to use that language. Eva glanced at Viv, who was biting her lower lip and trying to keep a straight face. Sorry, Mum. OK, but don't let me hear it again, Eva scolded as she began to mop up the mess with paper towel. Look, Hannah, can you empty that other tub of olives into one of the small black bowls and cut the feta cheese into cubes and stick in a few cocktail sticks, and I'll finish the unpacking. Anything for me to do, asked Viv. And Eva gave her instructions on prepping some veggie skewers for the barbecue, stringing together cherry tomatoes, mushroom slices, and chunks of red onion and mixed peppers. Eva tossed together the Caesar salad ingredients and came ready to mix them up. She opened some dips and chips, and all that was remaining to do was to light the coals. Luke was dying to be the chef, so an hour later, as he turned to burgers, Eva sipped a onion and began to relax. Daniel arrived with a couple of bottles of wine and began to help him outside. He was very sociable and mixed easily with a small gathering of friends and neighbours. He's great with kids, Eva, isn't he? Bibb said to Eva as they were clearing up in the kitchen afterwards. They could see Daniel out in the garden, organising five aside for one and making sure to include Hannah. He is. He's been grateful. He's really given me support for my business plans too. Smart and good looking, Viv teased as she went back out to the garden to refill some glasses. Eva looked out at Daniel and, probably for the first time in a long time, saw him as a man rather than as a friend, and quite a good looking man at that. He kept in shape and was lucky enough not to have inherited a receding hairline. Abandoning the washing up, she joined Viv in the garden and enjoyed the rest of the evening with her friends. The sun continued to shine faithfully for the remainder of June, and Eva and the kids dined fresco most weekends of their They'd cook inside and bring their dishes out onto the patio and eat at the garden table during the week. The school holidays were looming, and Eva still had a mountain of arrangements to make. She was determined to give the kids a good time as well as looking after her business venture. As long as she could get three or four hours of work done during the day, and maybe a further two when they were gone to bed, she hoped this would be enough to keep on top of everything. Eva booked her flight to Boston for August and emailed the details to Winnie. Every few days she would visit the business premises to keep an eye on progress, and it was all going according to schedule. The kids got their holidays on the last Friday in June, and finishing on a half day, Eva whisked them straight from school to Donny Island Beach for the remainder of the afternoon. Lots of other mums obviously had the same idea that the place was thronged. It was warm enough to tug off and paddle around, and for those brave enough to take a dip, it was chilly going down, but once you got used to it, it was worth the initial icy atlantic punch. Eva got engrossed in her favourite seaside activity of beachcombing, while the kids paddled and ran to join her periodically. She loved strolling slowly, scrutinising the sand for the perfect pebbler shell. Driftwood would be a real find. She knew you weren't really supposed to take these things from the beach, but it wasn't as if she drove off with half a ton of sand in the root of her car, just the odd handful of pebbles and shell- seashells. Hannah loved to help out, while Luke made friends with anyone who had a ball or showed an interest in his. They finished off the day with a pub grub meal in the nearby hotel. As the kids tucked into their curly fries, a wave of sadness came over Eva. She thought of Alan. And tears came into her eyes they had spent a weekend at the same hotel for Valentine's a few years ago it had been fantastic sipping pints as they watched international rugby in your County, romantic walks on the beach in the late afternoon hampering treatments in the spa savoring her while perusing the dinner room her throat suddenly felt sore and raw and she swallowed hard to stop herself from rubbing had he gone on romantic breaks with the mistress, she wondered. And what were they doing now? Would she ever be over him? Would she ever stop caring? The kids soon distracted her with fees for ice cream. So they paid up and left the hotel and picked up some 99s from an ice cream pan on their way home. Later that evening, when the kids were in bed, worn out from the sea air, Eva went online and started seriously planning her trip to Paris. Antiques markets were going to be her main focus in Paris. She had visited some years ago, but that was just for fun. She planned to see what was available and hopefully buy enough for her French section to keep going until the spring. She also toyed with the idea of asking Fiona to do some buying for her. The thought of heading southwards to Perpignan on her own really excited her. The weather would be glorious in July and she pictured herself dining at exquisite restaurants in between hunting for unusual pottery and hand-painted silk wall hangings. Clignon Court looked like the best bet for antiques hunting in Paris. It was located a little bit out from the centre of Paris, but she hoped the public transport would make it easy to access. Eva emailed Fiona and told her that she hoped to visit the antiques market each day and wondered if she would be able to go with her any day. She would stay in Paris for four days, and then fly down to Perpignan by herself. The next day, Saturday, was spent catching up on the laundry, as Eva wanted to be completely on top of the housework before she headed off to Paris. Daniel popped in for lunch, and as it was a surprise just passing, visit, Eva wasn't at all prepared. She rooted around the fridge and came up with a very passable salad, and defrosted the remaining heat that she had made with Hannah. Daniel tucked in heartily and quizzed her about her trip to Paris. Hannah and Luke were in and out, so their conversation was very broken, but he did assure her that he would check progress on her premises at least once while she was away, and she could phone him from France to check if there were any problems. We're only going for a week, Eva, he jibed. Yeah, I know, I know, she replied, but time is flying by and I just want to keep on top of things. Daniel had plenty going on, too, it seemed. He had just recently hired a farm manager and had freed his own time up to pursue his other interests. Sounds like you're mad busy, too, Eva probed. I'm in the middle of something, all right, but you know yourself there's always something to be doing. Hmm. We're a bit of a cagey fish, aren't you, Daniel? Mused Eva. Do you know what they say about holding your cards close to your chest? And I'm only slamming you, Daniel. I know... I just don't like talking things up until I know where I stand. I know what you mean. I'm like a super-smooth myself and haven't said anything to the neighbours about opening the door. I'd say half of them are convinced I'm having an affair of my own. I'm so evasive about my comings and goings these days. Daniel hung around and played soccer with the kids in the back garden for a little while before he headed away. Just minutes after he left, the doorbell chimed and Eva thought he must have forgotten something, but was surprised to see Viv standing there instead. Viv, how are you? I thought you were Daniel who just left. Yeah, I literally bumped into him as he was coming out. So you're Miss Poplar today, aren't you? She teased. Ha ha, Eva replied, dryly. You know full well he's just a friend. Viv had a carrier bag full of summer clothes with her. I thought you might like to borrow these for France, she offered, handing over the bag. Wow! Eva was chuffed when she pulled out a couple of cotton summer dresses. One was pale pink with a tiny daisy printed pattern, and the other was primrose yellow with a halter neck and very low back. Viv stayed for tea and they nattered away about everything and anything until it was bedtime for the kids. Viv had dumped her latest short lived fling and had some new guy in mind. Apparently she had been interested in him for a few months, but he had yet to show any real interest. When the kids were in bed and Viv was gone home, Eva had a long soap in the back. She gave herself a good scrubbing with a sea salt based exfoliating scrub before getting out. She planned to put on fake tan in the morning, so she slathered body lotion all over herself and took her time rubbing it in. She read some magazines for a little while, until she drowsily drifted off into dreamland. A light tapping sounded on the bedroom door, and woke her. The door opened very slowly, and there was Hannah and Luke struggling with a breakfast tray between them. Happy birthday, they chorused. What a lovely surprise, thank you so much. Eva injected as much enthusiasm as she could muster at seven o'clock in the morning. The kids were chuffed with themselves and piled into the bed beside her they all munched happily on very crispy toast with marmalade, washed down with orange juice. She silently toasted her 37-year-old self. Do you have to go away to Paris, Mummy? Hannah asked solemnly. Oh, sweetheart, it's only for a week, yet Daddy will remind you, and you'll have a loop as well. I want you, Mum. Her voice was faltering, and her eyes were beginning to water. And I want you, sweetie, so I would only be gone for eight sleeps, and then I'll be back. And I'll bring you something nice. Sure, I won't be going until next week, so i tell you what, we'll do whatever you want to do today. Can we go to the toy shop? Ask Luke. And can we go to McDonald's? Hannah implored. All right, here's the deal. You get dressed and go downstairs and watch TV while I get ready. And then we'll go into town, and maybe buy something to bring to Daddy's, and then go to McDonald's, okay? Deal, said Luke. Deal, echoed Hannah as they bolted out the door to get ready. Eva swept the crumbs off the duvet and onto the floor, easing herself slowly out of bed. Today will be their day, she promised herself. No work talk, no distractions, just then. After a quick shower, she stood in front of the full length mirror and carefully applied her tan. She was hoping for no streaks, she thought to herself. After five minutes of lolling around the bedroom in the mitt, and then struggling to get a suitcase down from the top shelf of her walk wardrobe, she put on an old navy dressing gown and went downstairs. Well, why aren't you dressed yet? Hannah asked, aghast at the state of her mother. i just need a cup, one cup of coffee first, Eva pleaded, and another five minutes for this tan to dry a bit, she added in a whisper. You could dress straight away if you believed what said on the bottle, but Eva didn't trust that notion and liked to give the tan a bit of time to settle. Taking her coffee up to her room, she almost tripped over the suitcase, pushed it under the bed, anticipating packing for her house trip. Sitting at her dressing table, she filed her nails, giving the tan just a bit more time to soak in. She opened her birthday cards and a present that Viv had left for her, a simple gold bracelet. Scrolling through birthday messages on her phone, there was nothing from her. Twenty minutes later, she was dressed. She wore faded denims and a blue, sweaty, betty sweatshirt with trainers. She didn't want to wear anything too clingy as her tan developed. So we're off then, she called to the kids as she stood jangling her keys in the hallway. After a fairly clear run, they had the Jeep parked in the city multi-story car park by half past one. Eva was tempted to crawl into the homeware section of the department store, but reminded herself that despite it being her birthday, today was a day for the kids and headed out through the automatic doors and down Maylor Street to Smith's toys. An hour passed easily, and they both got what they wanted. Then they strode across Patrick's Bridge and down McCurkin Street to an entertainment centre. Eva picked up the Sunday paper in newsagents on the way and happily read while Luke and Hannah went into the play zone. Luke was back after fifteen minutes complaining that it was boring, so they decided to do some bowling instead. Eva played with them and was sure that the dad in the next lane was giving her the eye. Perhaps it was her imagination. She was sure that he had smiled and felt strange. By the time they crossed back over the river they were all rabbits and Eva convinced them to go for a freshly baked pizza and homemade ice cream at a nice restaurant rather than a happy meal. Did bring a spoon into Hannah's death by chocolate Eva people watched from the cafe window, looking out onto Oliver Plunkett Street, admiring some of the style. Eva ducked down to the bottom of Hannah's dessert to scrape out a spoonful of warm chocolatey syrup mingled with chocolate ice cream. They finished up and drove home via Douglas Village, stopping off at the park on the way. Luke was getting too old for it and preferred to kick his ball around, but Hannah still loved the climbing frames, slides and road bridges. Sitting on a bench, Eva looked around and wondered for the second time that day whether it was her imagination or was she on the receiving end of an admiring eye. Nope, she caught him again. This guy was definitely looking at her. She didn't reciprocate, but it did feel nice to be noticed. She had long forgotten what that felt like. It felt nice. The first weekend of the school holidays came to an end and Eva had just one more week to go before heading off to Paris. As she tucked the kids into bed that night and looked at their content, wiped out faces, she had serious misgivings about going to Paris. There had been so much upheaval in their short lives over the past few months that it didn't seem fair to take off and leave them for a week. But what if something happened to her? She wrote a note to herself to look into updating her will. And with some morbid thoughts filling her head, she tried to get to sleep. Despite a fitful night, things did not seem as dubious in the morning, and she reminded herself that she needed to stop thinking about everybody else. She made arrangements with Alan to come and collect the kids and take them over to his place that Thursday evening, because she would be flying out early on Friday morning. Eva had yet to see Alan's house. He had recently decided to move from the city centre apartment to the suburbs, and he didn't think it was suitable for the children. He was now living in a four-bedroom detached house in a new development in Balancholic. With the link road to the city, there was a vast amount of development to be undertaken in the area. It was said to become the new Douglas, apparently. She didn't know what the story was of his girlfriend and whether she had moved in with him or not. But Eva had made it quite clear that under no circumstances would she tolerate the kids staying over with Alan and him having another woman there. She never came straight and asked the kids if she was ever there and we just asked them if it was just them, their dad, in the house at the weekend, or did anybody call? So far, Alan seemed to be abiding by her wishes. And surely he knew himself that it wouldn't be right for them to see another woman in their father's life so soon. Eva had avoided any chances of meeting the new girlfriend as well, curious and all as she was to see her in the flesh. Daniel had described her as a brunette, and said she worked with Ellen, and was young, and Eva didn't want to know any more than that for now. What would it be like to make this woman? Would she be able to stop herself from lashing out at her? She had visions of grabbing her by the hair, dragging her to the ground banging her head off the pavement. She could almost hear the hollow thud of the hood, swollen concrete, or a slap, a really sharp, satisfying, stinging slap that connected perfectly with her cheek that kind of thinking did her no good at all. And so she just tried to accept things. Maybe this girl had seduced Alan, but whatever way things were played out, he was the married one, and he was the betrayer. Saying goodbye to the kids as they drove off with their father on Thursday evening was really, really hard. It had taken bones of an hour to pack for Hannah and Luke. Eva had packed their clothes, while they decided what games and gadgets to bring and seemed to be quite excited by the whole escapade. But Eva wasn't excited, with her head full of second thoughts, and as she had folded little vests for Hannah and put in her blanket, she began to cry. The kids didn't notice her red watery eyes, and she forced smiles and hugged them at the door as they left with ella Yes, I'll bring you back something nice, she answered, as they waved goodbye to her from the car.